Tardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1248, Feb 19, 2024. 59 degrees on this day in 2017. In 2017, it'll pop up now a few times. Uh, we must have had a warm spring. It was I'm, a warm spring. I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering it that well. And 20 below on two occasions, 1929 and 1941. Oops. Uh, I am so sorry. I apologize. I have a video playing right now, so just give me a brief Did moment. the show start? It All did. Why, why am I playing a video? And I'm going to play the theme instead because that's more interesting. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Great and start, now, Reavers. from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, See this it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyatt yeah. in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushi. May I read the following from a fellow named Luke Miller? Hello, Joe. I've been a longtime listener ever since I was a young boy in the 90s listening to you on the radio with my dad on his various construction sites helping pick up nails or carry lumber for him. I'm a co-worker of Adam Finseth, the fire medic killed this weekend, and work closely with the two officers killed as well. I just wanted to share with you a few observations over the last 24 hours. They often speak of brotherhood in the fire service and on the police force, and in these times of moral and ethical decay, that feels all the more true. Not only do we find ourselves isolated from the normies of civilian life as we see the darkest side of man on a daily basis, but we are also on an island of our own as time and time again mentally deranged serial abusers, drug and alcohol addicts are spun out back onto the street from jails and hospitals in a matter of hours. Our society seems hell-bent on making our streets and our neighborhoods less safe. The system is broken. DAs and prosecutors failing to charge properly. Mental health beds and facilities operating on bare bones. We are fighting a losing battle. But there are still men and women putting on their uniform every day and fighting the good fight, facing the evils of this world head on. Seeing all the police officers and firefighters come together today gave me a ray of hope. The brotherhood is strong. These people are truly heroes, and it is an honor to stand alongside them. As difficult as today has been, obviously written yesterday, it was an overwhelming expression of support to see every overpass full of fellow firefighters, paramedics, law enforcement, and civilians standing at attention and holding American flags as we drove our fallen brothers away from the hospital. We felt the love and we saw the glimmer of humanity that is still in all of us. I ask for your prayers for the little ones without a father, the wives who are now widows, and the countless broken hearts and lives. Please pray for all the police officers and firefighters who lost their brothers today. God bless you all. Luke Miller. Wow. What an email. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was quite an event yesterday. And we don't know enough, for my taste. We don't know enough. We, uh, we have not officially released the name of the dead bad guy. I'm... Uh, I'm clinging to the idea that that name has not been released due to some important factors, and the best we can come up with, uh, based on our pregame 
talking to each other was uh, John noting in the news stories that uh, an autopsy will be conducted on the uh, dead bad guy, and that presumably is to determine if he did in fact shoot himself or was or was shot. I don't know what that has to do with not releasing his name. Right. The Star Tribune, John and I were discussing, I don't think you had your headphones on, uh, the Star Tribune has now said that they have confirmed it is a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Okay, then I don't, uh, I'm running out of patience as a consumer of news to wonder why the delay in naming the fellow. Does the timing have anything to do with it? <clears throat> there's, I don't uh, understand. A what, Sunday morning. I'm just trying no, to no, think of what other reasons there could possibly be. Well, there's, there's Sunday morning has nothing to do with it. The, uh, you mean a shorter staff or something like that? I don't no, know. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with it. Both, uh, both conventional newspapers in town and all three, four, if you want to count nine, four, why not count nine? All four television stations in town were fully staffed on this story. It commanded uh, significant attention, as it should, and uh, no one uh, as yet to confirm the name. Alpha News I was going to say, there is one outlet locally that uh, has. But I don't know where they got it, and I don't go by Twitter, although I saw his name on Alpha's Twitter account. Well... Sorry about that. I didn't realize my microphone was on. I've been listening to the scanner call from that night, and I haven't heard his name mentioned yet. But that might be how they um, this um, this Twitter account got the name of the alleged um, bad guy. Well, we do know that a bad guy, uh, that a domestic call was placed to the police about 2 in the morning. Sunday morning, and we do know that two coppers were the first to arrive and a paramedic. And uh, we do know that there were seven kids in the house, mm-hmm. aged 2 to 15. Uh, I, was there a mom in the house or a woman? I don't know. There's a lot yeah. I don't know. There was a mom. They, they did say there was a woman, in, a woman and seven children was the way I saw it. And we pretty much have to respect the Burnsville Police Department and wait for them to release the name, and they'll give us a reason why. Well, the BCA has taken over the case, though, so it won't be up to Burnsville. It'll be up to the Bureau well, of Criminal Apprehension. you understand my point. Yeah, I do. But it's the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension okay. that presumably would be the one to release his name. Uh, do you have it? You can read it. I don't have it in front of me. It's on my phone. Uh, uh, and my <clears throat> phone must be in the other room. Uh, I do have it right here. Uh, Shannon, is it Gooden? G-O-O-D-E-N. Yeah. Uh, 38 years old. And, and that's I, all I know. Yeah, okay. I wasn't going to say the next part, but that's fine. Well, I'll let the authorities confirm it all, and then we can begin to speculate about him and his behavior and his history. And- also, according to Alpha News, he reportedly petitioned to have his gun rights restored back in 2020 and does have a 2008 felony assault conviction, according to Alpha News. I saw that, but was that petition denied? That I don't know, Kenny. I'm sorry. So we don't know if he held those guns legally or not. Correct. We do not okay. know that. All right. Well, if we if we just enforce the gun laws we have, we'd cut down on a lot of problems. Uh, and if... Uh, 
uh, prosecutors the, and DAs would put people in jail, we'd cut down on a lot of problems. Do you think, though, that a lot of people understand that this is probably a guy that shouldn't have been out? We don't know that. Well, okay, you're right. You're right. We don't know that. Although, if uh, I'm surprised, well, maybe they did. Reporters on this scene should have been hounding people for the name of the dead guy. Maybe they did. But it's not even mentioned in the stories I read that authorities refused to name the identity of the... I didn't even see that line. It was just glossed over. There was nothing about it. But this is further indication that the, the spiral continues to happen right in front of us. Right. What spiral? The moral and ethical integrity of of not only this country, Burnsville, Minnesota. Well, if this didn't happen yesterday in Burnsville, it would have happened in Omaha or Baton Rouge. It would have happened somewhere. This is not, unfortunately, this has become too common. What uh, What do you hope to solve or get resolved? What question do you want answered by the naming of the uh, the guy? To then pursue his history and find out if he, in fact, should not have been among us. Gotcha. I'm going to take a drink of water. Okay. Hydration is key. Mm -hmm. I was speaking to a couple of um, police officers yesterday. One of them was involved indirectly with this particular situation. And the, the, the common discussion point we were having is, what in the hell are police forces going to look like here in 10 years? Because I continue to say, and I've been saying this for a number of years, you're going to keep getting the cops that we do want that are going to say, bleep this, I don't want to deal with well, it I can take you down a, I can take you down a darker road, uh, which I no longer hesitate to do because the country's falling apart faster than I can imagine. But you won't have a police force in 10 years. You'll have an ideological state for a state force to enforce ideology. They they uh, they wear some sort of uniforms that mimic the new meaningless state flag, and they'll they'll wander around and uh, they'll be enforcing ideology. If this keeps up, you can't this this current divide that we have. Well, we've been talking about it. We got onto something late last week. This current divide in. Uh, People behaving and then people watching the world just unfold in front of them in ridiculous ways, particularly in Minnesota with this ridiculous legislative makeup. This can't, this, it cannot hold. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And uh, if, if it doesn't get turned around and if the people of Minnesota continue to like this and to continue mm. to elect the, uh, these crackpots, then you, will, you won't have cops. You'll have a uh, some sort of state ideological enforcement agency to uh, make sure you're towing the line on DEI and uh, gender acknowledgement and, and what, whatever you want to plug in there. And crime will be like like it is in Russia. It won't exist. You you shoot five people, but that didn't happen. That won't be in the news. That that doesn't happen. There won't be any crime. There won't be any crime because the state ideological enforcement force is telling you that there's no crime. Now, that's as dark as I'm going to get for the moment. Wow. I can go darker. But I'm, I've, all of us have decided that we're no longer uh, afraid of the black helicopter. It's in view, and once in a while we get on it. 
One of the sad... Oh, go ahead, Kenny. I'm sorry. I, I disagree with Joe, but that's... Um, that's just being me for once being optimistic. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just hope that it'll never come to that. Well, obviously, and I, I, I really want to, I want to tell you that you're absurd and you're wrong and you're being insane. But, uh, you, yeah, like you said, save it for another day. The saddest part about this no, is, uh, no, I'm not going to say that because more and more and more we're seeing things that we once thought absurd coming true. And that's what I was like about Such to say, said. Ken. Because what the saddest part about all of this, and everyone, I think we're all thinking the same thing is. Nothing shocks us anymore. This wasn't shocking to to me anyway. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but that's really sad. Well, I have a note on the reckoning uh, from Rick in Stillwater. Listening to the podcast last week, you repeated the idea that at some point a reckoning must occur. I kept thinking of the following quote attributed to Ann Rand. You can avoid reality but you cannot avoid the consequences of avoiding reality. Of course, this does not hold true for those who live on the third rail. For this category of human being, the consequences are avoided, largely by transferring the consequences to the rest of us, which reminds me of another quote from the great Thomas Sowell. It is hard to imagine a more stupid or more dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. For the citizens of Gumption County, the challenge is to force those making the decisions to pay the price. Amen, Brother Rick. Amen. Now, speaking of reality, uh, Governor Walls appeared yesterday, as, as, as was expected. A governor should appear in a situation that grim. And, but he strikes me as terribly awkward when he has to face reality. Meaning what, his demeanor? His, 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 uh, his, his rote response to, to the tragedy as it involves the police officers, he, he seems awkward. Uh, I mean, let's face it, he's on the side of, of the group that views law enforcement darkly. And uh, uh, it just, uh, he did exactly what he had to do, and, but he, it strikes me as it was uh, difficult for him. Not difficult Pan- for him, just awkward. Pandering and uh, absurd, if you ask me. And I really don't need to hear anything from Mary about anything, especially anything involving that, police or law enforcement. That's just a, that's an insult. Apparently, Mary, just shut your mouth. Yep. Mary Moriality tweeted her condolences, and uh, uh, she was uh, pretty much taken to task. Yeah, it was noticed by a number of people. By other people commenting. But again, that's the Twitter world, and I don't go there. You don't. Well, you know. that's where we are in life, Joe. I know, and it's very disappointing. To. It's very disappointing. Yeah, I know, but you have to face reality eventually. Well, no, Mary does. Uh, Mary, you better read those because you're not highly, you're not held in high esteem. But the, <laughs> the likes of Mary, the likes of Walls, they have to wake up and realize what is happening here. Was it the Louisiana governor late last week? He declared a state of emergency because they don't have enough cops and crime is absolutely out of control. When you have a mystery that is enforcing the idea the idea that we are oppressors or oppressed, and you want to bring about the mystery by creating a different country, the very idea of law enforcement is among the first dynamics of, let's call it, the old way of life in the United States— 
that will take a hit because if you are uh, if you are subjected to law enforcement you're merely you're merely being oppressed by the oppressor class and that's what these people want to get rid of and then you have a tragedy like yesterday in Burnsville and there's just enough of the old ways still hanging on, still enough of the formula in place where, yep, cops have to appear. Sometimes they get shot. We're going to arrest this guy. Well, this guy's dead, and they'll, we're going to play this out and see what happens. And the, uh, the governor shows up, and the mayor and the district attorney say what they should say. But we've all grown to believe that we don't believe them we know what they're really up to, and they're they're going through the motions because it's just the last vestiges of of law enforcement as we once knew it are still evident and still have to be used. But with each passing year, the more we're going to elect crackpots, the more that's going to disappear. Mm-hmm. And so a few years from now, you know, the only people that there won't be any, you won't know about what happened in Vernsville because we won't have crime. You won't know about it. Oh, and the ideological, the, the ideological enforcement force yeah. will will be there to uh, to address it. I, I know that sounds ridiculous, over the top, and silly, but somebody tell me why that's not plausible the way we're headed. I can't. Can't do it. Can't argue. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway, as we, you know, we apply the 48, 72 hour rule to this story in Burnsville and then there's, there's much to know. I, I'm curious about the seven kids, you know, were they all, were they all one big family? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know anything about them. I'm glad they're safe. It seemed to me that just interviewing the people in the neighborhood, nobody seemed to really know the people. I think that's fairly common, though. It, I, 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 I disagree. I, don't you know the people in your neighborhood? I, in my cul-de-sac, I know half of the families well. The other half, I don't know at all. Yeah, we knew about half. I, I, know, I, I, know, I know, okay, I'll just, it's a small area. One. Over there on Main. Two, three, four, five, six. I know, I know at least half. Okay, so I know at least half. Why are you disagreeing with us? Then? Yeah, what know. point are we like proving it. here? I don't know what we're proving. We're not okay. proving anything. All right, we're proving that my garage. So this was one of the fifty percent of the people they didn't know. I guess. I'm 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 unfamiliar with that. Well, I'm pretty much unfamiliar with Burnsville as a as a neighborhood. I don't hang out in on the neighborhoods of Burnsville. I'm fairly unfamiliar with where this is. Um, Burnsville and Bloomington are are starting to experience a lot of problems. Let's just put it that way. Well, so is Woodbury. So is uh, mm. Stillwater. So is uh, anything. Just take that for what you will. I remember take when I remember when we went to play Burnsville back back in the prehistoric days. Yeah. Of either hockey or being in a band. Brother, bus to get the bus. There ready. was a place in Burnsville called the Prison. Ooh. And, and it was quite fitting. Well, but it was very popular in the day. And but going to Burnsville was by, like we were going to Iowa. Yeah, it was a hot sake. It's not that far away. <laughs> well, back then it was. 
We used to play a place uh, out on 494 called The Barn. Is it 494? Yeah. Way out there. Might as well have been in South Dakota. No <laughs> It's not that far away. My new garage door guy is the whole family. Precision garage door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. Don't charge extra for weekend visits. That's huge, especially if you've ever been nabbed on a weekend, as I have about a year ago. For a kid I used to have, holy mackerel. They But they got it all, too. They got the rollers and the springs with them. They got the hardware. They don't normally have to make a return trip to the shop. They want to get your job done in one day. They keep you apprised. They text you and say, hey, we're 30 minutes out. And that would tells me I get a chance. I make the coffee, go out, get my chair ready, because I want to shoot the breeze with the guy. Watch him. You know, you learn a lot about garage doors. And uh, it's probably the most vital uh, piece of equipment in your house that can fail. So you got to stay on top of it. Uh, these are good people. They're an equal opportunity employer, and they have great employees because the employees appreciate the compensation and the excellent work. Uh, call them. I want you to put this number in your telephone contacts, Precision Door MN, uh, 612-263-6985, or go online and find them at PrecisionDoorMN.com. The end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Get down to the Knack Hardware. Get yourself two, three, four, half a dozen of these empty squirt bottles. They come in really handy in the shop. I'm bringing this up because last week I noticed a, a guy on a Facebook message board uh, was having some uh, issues with his 77 Snowjet Kawasaki uh, mechanic from Nova Scotia, uh, Scotia. Nova Scotia. He chimed in told him to put in a strong concentration of seafoam additive, let it sit for at least 24 hours. I love seeing seafoam advice on the Internet. But I would I would amend that info. I would say put some of that seafoam additive into this spray bottle that you just got from the NAC. Get that thing running, even if you have to keep it up on the pipe to keep it alive, and just slowly start spraying the uh, seafoam right into the yap. It's going to smoke like a Pink Floyd concert. It's going to be really cool. It's going to try to kill, but keep doing that. And eventually, those jets, you only have two in these sleds, a, a, a main jet and a, a low uh, a pilot jet. Thank you. And if they can get cleaned out, seafoam is going to do it. That's the only answer. Um, and if seafoam doesn't work, you got to pull that carb. Thankfully, that's an easy job. But seafoam, I'm telling you, if you're lazy, if you're if you're like me, let seafoam do all the heavy lifting. And the great news about seafoam, you can find this stuff everywhere. That and the top engine cleaner, the deep creep, all of it available in the automotive chemical aisle and stores all over this great country. A product for everything that ails our cylinders, carburetors, crankcases, you name it, and a wonderful product. In a world of bad gas, seafoam. I was walking yesterday and I heard chanting, hmm. and I couldn't determine what was being chanted, so I kept walking closer to the chanting. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out the uh, Summit Avenue was closed down for pro-Palestinian march. Oh, that's nice. And I, I talked to a couple of coppers about it, and uh, they were they seemed distracted, and then it occurred to me, well, of course they are. 
They were probably oh, thinking sure. about the stuff yeah. in Burnsville. Uh, but we had a pretty good crowd of uh, people saying that uh, uh, that uh, uh, Palestinians were, were right. And say, did you know Minneapolis uh, fired its civil rights director? So oh, I heard that before. I did, and you're going to have to explain to me because uh, I think along with John, I read the story and kind of did a, a head-scratcher. Her name is Alberta Gillespie. Uh, she was canned Friday uh, because she posed an immediate threat to the city's ability to reform policing. According to city documents, Alberta Gillespie's troubles with her superiors date back to at least late 2023. Well, in other words, what? <laughs> Two five, months ago. Five months ago. That's when it became clear that the Office of Police Conduct Review, a division of the Civil Rights Department, was not dealing with complaints of police conduct in a timely manner as part of the city's latest efforts at civilian oversight of police misconduct. The police review office was failing to update its website intended to keep residents current about complaints against police. The office was struggling to investigate complaints of police misconduct within 180 days, the time frame required under a settlement between the city and the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. So it sounds like this; these complaints might have come through Gillespie, and rather than acting on them promptly, she must have been stuffing them in a drawer or something right. and, and not, not getting to the bottom of things. Uh, in December, uh, that must mean just month ago, two months ago, then interim city operations officer, because there's too many people in government, you can't keep these people straight, then interim city operations officer Heather Johnston gave Gillespie a formal reprimand for insubordination. The next day, a Civil Rights Department staff member approached Margaret Anderson Kelleher, who then began her own investigation, and Margaret Anderson Kelleher is the city operations manager. She's still in the best. She used to be uh, something in St. Paul, Public Works or something. Yeah. She gets around. She's uh, it's a good gig. The and third rail you just speaker. keep. It's a good club to be yeah. in. What now? And prior to that, wasn't she Speaker of the House? Speaker of the House. Oh yeah, well, yeah maybe she wasn't in St. Paul. I keep. No, she I keep left a, that job to do a job like that. No, she's, yeah, time. she's had a number of gigs. And uh, apparently Kelleher found uh, Gillespie to be uncooperative and an obstructionist. Gillespie, according to memos, Gillespie was refusing to cooperate with attorneys and others inside and outside the city, working on a growing backlog of complaints against officers who are supposed to be investigated by the police review office and ultimately the Community Commission on Police Oversight. So I, I, right now I bet I've named 10 different bureaucratic <laughs> titles. Right. Uh, by Anderson Kelleher's count, the review office had 297 open cases, including 108 more than a year old. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to continue here because there's a couple of conclusions you can draw. Uh, one would be that uh, maybe 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 this woman was not the best hire you could have found. Maybe she's not up to the up to the job. Ooh, I wonder 
what her qualif- why she why was did, chosen. Why don't you look her up? All right. Alberta, A-L-B-E-R-D-E-R, Gillespie, G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E. I'd like to know her background before she got this gig, which was the city's civil rights director, attached to about 10 other bureaucracies. Uh, So it's either she was terribly incompetent or she didn't think the complaints amounted to much and didn't want to do anything with them, or... uh, she was overwhelmed with work, or she'll contend she was fired unfairly. Crump will get his big butt in here and sue the city, and the taxpayers will be on the hook for another couple of million for Alberta Gillespie. All right, she does not have a Wikipedia page, but she's an Aberdeen, Mississippi native. Uh-huh. Gillespie's parents thrived in an era of segregation and Jim Crow laws. I, I, don't, I don't need all the crocodile tear stuff. Just tell me what she did. Um... I got it here. It's the last, it's the last yeah. paragraph of the Star Tribune story, Joe. Okay, go ahead. As director of the Civil Rights Department, Gillespie was paid an annual salary of 179000 oversaw a budget of some $73 million No, 7.3. And, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Bad eyeballs. Yeah. $7.3 million and more than 46 full-time employees. She began her tenure in November 2021 was reappointed by the mayor in 2022. Her term was to expire in 26. Previously, she served as the city's 2020 census coordinator and co-founded the group Black Women Rising. Active in democratic politics for years, she ran unsuccessfully for a Woodbury-based seat in the State House in 2016. Uh, From that to paragraphs i can learn nothing about her competency but i bet she's had a history of these public jobs and maybe this one was too tough i don't i have no idea are you finding anything more than that (laughs) anyway they need a new civil rights director and five will get you ten she'll end up with some payout so who knows it's it's kind of a one-sided story here. I mean, we need we need quotes from her. Somebody needs to talk to her to find out her story. Speaking of civil rights, did we know at Reavers you did, John Height did, but it's never been made public, I don't think. Did you know of a big brawl at Lakeville North between uh, female students? Yep. I don't think that was in the was covered by conventional news gatherers. Am I correct? Not. It was not. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail, which covers everything in the world. It was a lunchtime fight at Lakeville North. Police had to be called. Uh, video shows two female students viciously attacking one another as teachers desperately try to pull them apart. Uh, one of the girls charges at the other, sending her sprawling as the other students cry out in shock. Uh, I don't know why we're not hearing about this. Uh, As she attempts to get up, the other girl starts raining blows. They continue brawling until both end up on the floor, uh, going for each other's hair. Now they're slapping, and and they they won't let go. One One of the girls starts screaming in pain while the other shouts, I don't give a blank. 
as people attempt to pray, uh, pry them apart. I'm not getting off, she yells while maintaining a tight grip of her hair before adding, I'm going to kill this B word. Okay. Wow. The clip ends with the girls engaged in a deadlock on the floor as other students holler in the background. Uh, the school said it's working with local police to ensure additional supervision was in place at the school's basketball game, which would have been late last week, this story is. Uh, the principal, Kim Buddy, said incidents like this are taken seriously. Well, sure. Uh as always, when situations arise that put others at risk, the school administration acts quickly to navigate to ensure a safe and secure school environment. Well, you're full of B as in P, S as in S, but what else are you going to say? Unfortunately, several students chose to film these incidents on their phones. It's important for students to know that our school condemns use of personal devices in this matter. In other words, the school's really PO'd that uh, somebody captured this on film. <laughs> Uh, this fight comes after an altercation at the St. Louis Park High School in which a race-fueled brawl erupted between black and Somali students leading to the arrest of at least two adults accused of joining in Abriha and Elisa Smith, 22, and Latoy's Renale Milan, 41, were arrested but later released without being charged after fights broke out at St. Louis Park. That initial altercation erupted between a group of black and Somali students. It was claimed by Crime Watch Minneapolis, but the situation escalated when parents, after they became aware of the incident, joined in the fight alongside the kids. Hmm. Uh, and none of this, I don't recall seeing any of this in the uh, local press. Am I, am I right? I did not. I did not see it. Uh, the Lakeville story? No, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Here's another piece. Uh, teachers were overpowered, police had to be called, and students were threatened with suspension if they shared the video. Oh, really? Yeah. Are there SRO officers in that school? Well, we're we're struggling now with uh, SRO uh, officers and uh, the uh, tactics they will be allowed to use. The, uh, the DFL-controlled uh, House and Senate are, are taking considerable time on this. Because they're going to have to become, they want to come up with a magical hold that won't even wrinkle the shirt of somebody who just punched his teacher right. in the face. Here, um, according to the internets, there is one Lakeville area police officer that's an SRO there. And then the other question I had is, if a student tries to step in and stop the beating, is that student then equally as guilty as the two that are fighting? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that would be the case. Because I'm just wondering on people that stand around and shoot things on video instead of bringing it, you know, stopping it. I think it is another example, though, Kenny, of just not not wanting to get involved in any way and, and probably being told that by... The, the principal apparently sent a note to students condemning the students who filmed the scene. I don't know if she condemned the students who were actually fighting. Yeah, what would she have them do? <laughs> I don't know. I guess they're not supposed to use their phones to record it's, what's happening. It sounds like she's more concerned with PR, or yep. negative PR, than Absolutely. she is with kids kicking the yes out of each other. You don't want the taxpayers to know their money's for not, for not. You can't have that. 
Jesus. I like it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I've got so much here. We, we they did, uh, before time. Before you continue, Joe, if I may add, uh, the one thing the Daily Mail got wrong, they have charged three people in the St. Louis Park thing, yeah. the two parents and another kid. Listen, so John, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm terribly uh, uh, charmed by the Daily Mail, but I don't for a minute count on them for anything accurate. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but it is a shame... That we have to go to this publication to get information on a story that's in one of the biggest schools in the state. Yeah. Right? Well, are we going to have yep. this? Was this story uh, in the local news gatherers? Uh, where am I getting it? It's from the Daily Caller, which I believe is some sort of right-wing site. It, it is. Yeah. You, you could say that. Okay. I don't read it, but I was alerted to it by an emailer. I normally look at it on Twitter. Uh, well, well, maybe maybe you guys could look this up and help me. Maybe Alpha News had it, but we'll go back to St. Louis Park High School. The St. Louis Park Public School District will allow Muslim families to opt out of LGBT reading lessons. Mm-hmm. Well, for one thing, I didn't know that LGBT situation required a specific reading lesson. Yeah. Two public interest law firms, True North Legal and First Liberty Institute, sent letters to the district saying forcing Muslims to participate in LGBT lessons is a violation of the First Amendment and state law. (laughs) The letter was reportedly, well, not if you're a white Christian, it's not. I was going to ask, what about the Lutherans? No, no, it's not. Okay, they got to sit there. They have a different constitution. You stay put there. uh, Just eat your hot dish and shut the hell up. (laughs) Right. Exactly. The letter was reportedly in response to six Muslim families, who I don't blame, by the way. You know, they're using their oppressed status to get away with what they it's, want to get away with. It's just the so Lutherans confusing. ain't oppressed. It's so confusing. The letter was reportedly in response. The lawyer's letter was in response to six Muslim families requesting the school to provide notice before any LGBTQBMYZF related books are presented to their kids and opt them out of those lessons. These third and fourth grade level kids were exposed to LGBTQYZ content in October 23, which caused significant confusion and distress. See, they probably went home and told Ma what the hell was going on. True, True North Legal exists to protect the religious freedom of Minnesota families. Nah, not if you're Lutheran. Renee Carlson, <laughs> general counsel of True North, said, according to Alpha News. So Alpha News had this story. I don't think the Tribune did. I don't think the Pioneer Press did. <clears throat> and, and Channel 4 would have had it, but they had to break in for a new form of daisy that's sprouting this spring. Oh, it's just okay. confused. <laughs> We're proud to have worked with these families in the St. Louis Park School District to ensure that their constitution right. Fatuma, Fatima, Urshat, one of the moms involved in the case, said schools should have no right to undermine their family's obligation to teach the principles of their faith. Well, then, why doesn't every parent say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One school board member identifying as a queer person, well, of course, the school board attracts possibly attracts 
a queer person, reportedly said Muslim families should stand in solidarity with them since they are also a marginalized group. So in other words, this, the queer school board member, he's desperately, he or she, is desperately trying to play the oppressed card and say, hey, we're oppressed too. Come on, Muslims, you join us. We're both oppressed. Yeah, yeah. I respect your religious beliefs and also as a queer person in a marginalized community. Oh, go bleep yourself. <laughs> I would hope and expect solidarity, said school mem- board member Sarah Davis. Hey, Sarah Davis, I got your solidarity right here. Hey, Sarah, I got your Davis yeah. right here. Muslim communities have been historically marginalized and so have queer communities. So this presumably white American <laughs> who was probably raised as a Catholic uh, is trying now to pretend she shares the same social dynamic as a Muslim immigrant. Mm. <laughs> I'm marginalized too, you Muslims. Can't you stay with us? We're victims, man. We're oppressed. That The oppressors are out to get us. That's why we want you to read, it's no longer John and Jane went up the hill, it's Jane and Jane went up the hill Whoa. to get a pail of water. Right. It- it's the job of every level of education, local government, state government, federal government, to divide this country any way they can. The failed academy is uh, controlling the mystery. Just get us all fighting. That's all they want. LGBTQ, BYMC, BCDFB advocates in Minnesota reacted to St. Louis Park's new opt-out policy, alleging that the policy was an attempt to attack LGBT people. Because they're sure. oppressed. Yeah. Of course it is. I mean, you got a legislator, this Finky, who skateboards around the legislator. He, he wants a million bucks to welcome. Uh, we told you that last week. He yeah. wants a million bucks yeah. for a campaign to welcome uh, See you. the LGBTs to Minnesota. Ultimately, Minnesota schools have an obligation to uphold and protect LGBTQ families and youth. They do? Well, they do from from for health and safety reasons, of course. But I, do they have a, a an obligation to uphold the ideology? And and, and uh, opting out from LGBTQ topics is not in the benefit of anybody. One activist said, right. "Well, it's in the benefit of the Muslim moms who don't want their kids exposed to it because they got a different deal going." You know what the hell. Education has nothing to do with education anymore, does it? It's mm-hmm. just all social, social uh, engineering. Muslim and Christian parents in a Merrill in Maryland protested outside the headquarters of the Montgomery County Public Schools against a policy that did not allow parents to opt their children out of LGBTQ BYFD policies. You know what? What's that, Joe? Go bleep yourself, you freaks. <laughs> Settle. The, uh, ironically, Joe, the only local station that covered it yeah. was WCCO <laughs> Channel 4. <laughs> I knew they'd come through. Right. I'm sorry, Channel they 4. Did, they did a video report on it. I'm sorry, Channel 4. <laughs> you know, but saying that, Joe, go bleep yourself, that makes us all feel better, but that just, it, it doesn't help. And it proves their point. We have to be more effective than... I'm not saying go bleep yourself because you're trans. Go ahead and be trans. Go bleep yourself because you have no right to shove that down anyone else's throat. They don't want to learn it. Stop shoving your way of life down my... I don't do it to you. Why are you doing it to me? You're not that special. 
Get over yourself. Yeah. Right there. Right there. You aren't special. Get over yourself. Yep. Go ahead and be trans and Q and B and A. And Do it all. Have fun. Hell with it. That's fine with me. I don't not care. Not stopping you. Just but stop shut the hell up. Forcing it on everybody. You're not that special. Nobody cares about you. Sorry. There. Now I feel better. Oh, do they got these problems in <laughs> Sioux Falls, I wonder? No. Possibly, but no. I don't know. You know what? They probably do, but on a lesser scale. So if you're thinking about... I think... Did Walls buy a big place in Sioux Falls? or is sure that just did, rumor? Joe. Is that just rumor? No, that was, uh, that was... Maybe a... to avoid the taxes, like other businesses Ooh. moving to Sioux Falls. I don't know that Ooh. about Walls. There are great benefits in Sioux Falls. If this is the year you're thinking of picking up your business and leaving Minnesota, I'm kind of going to be sad to see you leave, but I wouldn't blame you. You're uh, trading what you're experiencing here for short commutes, safe streets, quality of life, excellence. Uh, they got park. It's a good eating town, too, I hear. I have not eaten in Sioux Falls, but I hear it's got a good eating scene. And they got orchestras, and they got golf courses and parks, and they have no personal or corporate state income tax. Come on. How do they function? Low workers' comp rates and a lot less red tape. Great people, affordable buildings, and sites ready and waiting for your expansion plans. It's an easy decision once you look at the advantages. And maybe this is the year to make your move. And if you want to find out all about those advantages, go to Sioux Falls Development. That's one word, SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. It's the new year, and everyone is talking about their resolutions. Resolutions are based on topics for which we have become complacent. The Canopy Group has a New Year's resolution for you. Last year, over 2,700 Minnesotans conquered their complacency and contacted the Canopy Group for their home and auto insurance needs. That is an easy call because 80% of those people had only one agent with one company. No options. The Canopy Group offered them 40 professional with 16 companies. Many options. The Canopy Group's New Year resolution has always been to annually examine every existing Canopy client. Each and every day, the Canopy Group team is reaching out to their client base and moving many clients from one of their 16 companies to a different company that they also represent. This is a great call for the Canopy Group to make because it is their ongoing promise to always provide their clients with the best coverage at the best price and forever doing away with the insurance complacency. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Well, I, I never get audited. Still, Who's doing still trying to get the news up. Rookie. John's not ready. That's how Here's a man who spends call. hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts John, and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. While John is waiting or looking, I can We're going to have this. Rookie tell us about Zero Res. Oh, all right. Yes. Yes, please. February 19th is still right in the middle of the month of love. And boy, Zero Res has got a great deal for you in February. The Love Your Rug special. What is it? It's getting three rooms Zero Resified, starting at just $119. They're going to throw in a free hallway. They're going to start cleaning your air ducts. You're going to take 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts Zero Res clean. That means every six months, you call Zero Res. Every year, you call Zero Res. And if you want to, after they've completed their task, you can write a review. 
Uh, 17,000 Google reviews right now, 4.9 rating. If you have a business, call today for your commercial cleaning estimate. But to get this great deal, you've got to ask for the rookie Love Your Rug special. 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z or go online to ZeroResMinnesota.com and let them know you want the rookie Love Your Rug February special. It's different every time. Call today, Zero Res. Here's John Height in his newsroom. Thank you, Joe. This news brought to you by North American Banking Company. Lawmakers and emergency response services showing support for the first responders shot and killed yesterday in Burnsville. Burnsville Police Officers Paul Elmstrand and Matthew Rouge and Firefighter Adam Finseth died after a man who had barricaded himself inside a home with seven children opened fire in the midst of crisis negotiations. One Burnsville officer also wounded during the incident. He will survive. The governor's ordered flags and half-staff starting today at sunrise. Hundreds of people gathered last night for a vigil outside Burnsville City Hall. Officials said last night the shooter is dead. There was no ongoing threat. They didn't say how he died, uh, although now this morning the Star Tribune is reporting police say it was self-inflicted fire that killed the man. His name is expected to be disclosed following an autopsy today. Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension is investigating. The children in the home, ages 2 to 15, were not physically harmed. Two people taken to the hospital Saturday after an explosion from an incendiary device caused non-life-threatening injuries in Fridley. Fridley police say their officers responded to a home along the 5300 block of Altura Road Northeast for reports of people being injured by the explosion just before 6 p.m. Investigators think the explosion was caused by an illegal exploding firework. Was it a, maybe a gender reveal, John? Ooh. Uh, ooh, huh? Gender reveal, maybe. So? Maybe. Maybe because people are always blowing themselves They're up doing always that. Doing that. Yep. Burning forests they- down, killing people, grandma getting a pipe through her stomach. I mean, it's just terrible. <laughs> That would explain it, and it'd be a better excuse if you're trying to explain it to people if you did it to yourself, because in this case, it just sounds like they set off some fireworks in the house. Yeah. (laughs) So you you don't want to do that. Somebody's pregnant. (laughs) Was there alcohol involved? Authorities say the Minneapolis bomb squad responded out of an abundance of caution. There we go. Determined there was no danger to the public. Interesting story from your paper over the weekend, Joe. Uh, Fred Mello did this one. Metro Transit Police Chief Ernest Morales III is a year into the job. Some Metro Transit drivers, passengers, and other officials say customer behavior has improved on the blue line. That, of course, is the corridor that connects downtown Minneapolis to the airport. It's one of many routes that helped uh, the overall system ridership go up a bit by 16% last year. Morales credits combined efforts of sworn police officers, community service officers in training, state-funded social workers, and street ambassadors who board the blue line from key staging areas like U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis to enforce a freshly updated passenger code of conduct. However, Morales says there is a challenge in front of him that's very clear. The green line needs help. Yeah, there hasn't been a shooting there, though, in at least a week. <laughs> yeah, that was last week. There was yeah, a shooting. Yeah. Uh, there are robberies constantly. And a big problem that they're very concerned about, smoking. The death of George Floyd created an environment where, for many departments, avoiding unnecessary confrontation seemed prudent. Public transit became known as an unregulated space where fares would not be checked and smoking would not be disallowed. Uh, listen to these numbers. Pretty amazing. Uh, back in 2019, 
Metro Transit issued 1,308 misdemeanor citations. 2020, 573 were issued. In 2021, 10 mm-hmm. were issued. Wow. So in two years, it went from 1,308 to 10. The citations climbed to 49 in 2022. This morality is a smooth talker. Yeah. Late last year, following new legislative authorization, community service officers began issuing administrative citations or non-criminal fines instead of penalties that would show up on a criminal record. Uh, Fred, the reporter in this story, took a ride last Tuesday. Uh, He said uh, during his ride, uh, they were trying to enforce basic rules like keeping voices at a reasonable rate. But, uh, well, riders were even outraged by that. Morales said his task is to change the mindset. There's a mindset of entitlement, he said, because they're so used to not being held accountable for that code of conduct. Mm-hmm. Smoking, in, smoking indoors has been outlawed for years. It's a misdemeanor and shouldn't happen on the train. Yes, sir. You know who I want as head of law enforcement in Minnesota? Preferably, I'd want him as governor, but head of law enforcement in Minnesota. Hmm. Booker Hodges of Bloomington, Mm -hmm. the police chief of Bloomington. I'm basing this on hearing every press conference I possibly can if I know he's going to be speaking. He doesn't suffer fools gladly. Mm -hmm. I really, based on, that's all I can base this on. Okay. He's a straight shooter, no BS, and uh, he doesn't like criminals. Did you see his uh, press conference last week? I hope I did. In which he held up a photograph of a crocodile with tears coming out based upon the two people that were released from or from, from prison last right. week. Right. Saying, you got crocodile tears here. I, I, I don't know what to tell how you. Does, how does corporate media normally treat those types of law enforcement officers uh, the news derision cam- no, and the, mockery? The, no, the news cameras seem to enjoy him. Uh, yeah, and, and he doesn't appear to. Some of that, I know the guys you're talking about, Kenny, are a little extreme on some issues, uh, but Booker doesn't come across that way. He just comes across as a straight shooter like Booker Joseph. Hodges gotcha. for King. I want him um, to be the governor. <clears throat> we have Kings? Nah, we might as well. Regarding the St. Paul paper, Joe, I'm wondering if you could do me a favor and (laughs) tell that gal from your newspaper that lives in India to stop calling me. I'm not going to re-up. Seriously. Yeah, I wish I knew what to tell you. I just... Telling you, it's worth the buck I pay every six months. So a buck, he pays a well, dollar <laughs> for the digital. I'm going to need all that. And, and you know, <laughs> a buck. The guy pays a buck. So for let's the do the math. That's for a month, John. That's no, that's twelve dollars a that's, year. No way. For six months, I got it for six that's months. Two bucks a, a year, I'll baby. Be, I'll be right back. How, how many different? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm going to do, don't yeah. you? How many different uh, columnists does the Pioneer Press have? <laughs> they have well, they get that, uh, that one cranky guy. One. Well, besides you, I'm saying. I don't think there is one besides me. Okay. I'm just going to. I'm going to do some math. I'm here. making $2 a year. Is year. that thing down to a pamphlet yet? Is it just a one sheet pamphlet? Like the guy both, on the street handing stuff off. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how like sad. A two dollar off coupon to a strip club. <laughs> here's, here's how sad it is. I'll, I'll, I'll make. I'll get a, now for those of you that get Papa Murphy's pizza, you cook it yourself, right? Oh, yes. Uh, so I'll yes. lay. I'll lay a newspaper out to make sure I don't get any grease on the cupboard when I cut it after I yeah. cook it. Well, yeah. I can barely get enough newspaper when I put out one of the Pioneer yeah, Press's. It's not thick enough. <laughs> that may fall. 
Sorry, Joe. Oh, Joe's making a face. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to continue. One whole news. dollar. How about that. <laughs> Follow up to a story we talked about when it first happened. An East Metro dealership is making the most of an unfortunate unfortunate situation. Christmas morning, I remember a man broke into Townsley Motorsports, took a UTV on a joyride. Is that through turd the store. in jail? The guy who did that. That's the guy that allegedly be. took off this was with Matthew's first yeah. equipment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he gave him like seven different shout outs of the ships. We could find that white pickup. <laughs> but listen, listen to what John has to say here. This is brilliant marketing from Towsley. This caused hundreds of thousands of dollars in damage. He plowed through three garage doors, a fence, displays, and some other UTVs. While the store decided to have a scratch and dent sale to offload the damaged vehicles. The offending UTV, deemed the infamous diehard Christmas Ranger, was on sale with a steep discount, along with 12 other damaged vehicles. A manager says that the sale is kind of a healing experience after such a loss. They add that it's been a busy day with customers coming to show support and buy the items on sale. Uh, it happened this past weekend, by the way. It has been crazy, said manager Jenny Dost. I'm glad to see some people got to have a little bit of fun with it with us. This was getting out the bad hoodoo that came with this and closes the chapter, gets it out of the way, and moves on. Austin Erickson was arrested in connection with the incident, was charged with felony burglary, property damage, and vehicle theft. My allegiance remains with EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. I'm not going to go to Towsley and buy some cracked and half mini bike. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a it's a Polaris Ranger, Whatever. and I would... I would buy mine from Moon Motorsports, of yeah. course. Uh, there we've taken wow. care of our people here. Yes. Yeah. Good yes. job. Good job, fellas. Yeah. Why don't we uh, take a quick break before more news? Let's see what Mr. Reavers has in store. Well, as long as we're giving shout-outs here on the news segment of the podcast, how about my friends at Hofferman Water, an independent water treatment dealer? Unlike what Joe and Kenny said, I'm actually a customer of Hofferman Water. That was a cheap shot. I'm just kidding. Wow. Uh, sales, I'm a customer yes. of Eagle Fun. I know. I was just I was having a laugh at your expense. That was uncalled laugh. for. It was very hurtful, and I apologize if you were offended. Get on that schedule for that free water analysis today, 612-895-2440. That's their phone number. You can also schedule an appointment by visiting their website, hoffermanwater.com. They're the best, and if you want to improve the quality of your water, maybe you've got a bad cough and you want some uh, clean drinking water. Why don't you get some better water? Get in touch with my friends at Hofferman Water today. I've been a customer for years, and it's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. You're okay, Joe. 612-895-2440, hoffermanwater.com. Hoffman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Maybe don't mention the Garage Logic podcast because of this particular spot, but if you'd like to, that's all right as well. Went down the wrong pipe. Ay, carambas. Coming along here on a Monday. I thought for a minute no microphones were working. Yeah. Here's a guy that's got a bit of a cough. Joe Souchere. Uh-huh. Yeah, he does have a bit of a cough, and uh, there's no cause for concern because he's moving around now, so we're okay. Say, uh, if you have someone that could use a little help uh, via a scholarship... Minnesota Masonic Charities is the place that you should base your search on. There's many different scholarships to choose from, and the deadline here for Minnesota Masonic Charity scholarships is February 29th. So that's in about 10 days. So go to their website, 
mnmasoniccharities.org. Click on the scholarship button and you'll discover all sorts of things. Student scholarships, community scholarship, matching grants. They've give over, given over $13 million in scholarships to date. There's an icon where you can click on to apply for a scholarship. And again, I've talked about the Selfless Scholar Award winners. Uh, the deadline for that is 20, February 29th, 2024. And that's the one where it rewards somebody that was nominated and somebody that was recognized. Learn more all about scholarships at mnmasoniccharities.org. In other news, they work very quickly in Russia. Have you ever noticed uh, how fast they move? I feel Alexi- so bad about Navalny. Really well, and Navalny, as we found out Friday, uh, was was killed in prison, although they're saying he died, but uh, he was killed in you prison. You can't believe a word and, these asses say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, now uh, some people went out and they, they put flowers down, that kind of thing, and they were immediately arrested. Right. And they've already sentenced most of them to prison sentences in Russia. So that took, I don't For know, what, two days? putting flowers down? Yeah, well, any kind of dissent. Can't somebody consider. take this guy out? I don't have much faith. We need Mitch Rapper or whoever. We sure as hell do. Uh, Apparently, 154 have already been sentenced to prison in St. Petersburg alone. Rights groups and independent media outlets reported a handful of similar sentences in other cities across the country. Uh, Navalny, the 47-year-old Kremlin critic, died on Friday at the Arctic prison colony where he's being held on charges widely seen as retribution for his campaigning against Vladimir Putin. He was out for a walk, my ass. It's 26 below. He didn't go for a walk. Yet. The U.S. general, speaking of Russia, who previously led the U.S. forces in Europe, says Russia's military is not very good and says the West should be taking advantage of this situation. Ben Hodges was the commander of the U.S. Army in Europe, and he said, and uh, I know you hate these words, Joe, but uh, this is a quote from Ben Hodges. He said, quote, their Navy sucks, their Air Force sucks, and they've lost almost half a million soldiers. Mm -hmm. Hodges' remarks came as Ukraine ceded the eastern town of Avdivka after a grinding fight that's estimated to have cost Russia more than 400 tanks as well as thousands of soldiers. Despite Ukraine's high-profile struggles, Hodges says he thinks there's too much negativism, negativism around its fight with Russia. He said the West right now needs to body slam Russia in defense of the young democracy that Russia invaded. Follow-up to a story we had a while back. Kenny, uh, you got your what you wanted with this story. 45-year-old man arrested in the theft of that Jackie Robinson statue that was cut off at the ankles. And uh, it was not a hate crime thing. He wanted, indeed, as Kenny, uh, you said you hoped it was, to sell the medal for scrap. Mm. So his name is Ricky Alderetti. Wichita Police Chief Joe Sullivan said it was only the first arrest and there was more to come. He didn't specify how police determined Alderetti was a suspect in the case. Thieves cut the bronze statue from its base last month at a park in Wichita, Kansas. Only the statue's feet were left at McAdams Park, where about 600 children play in a youth baseball league called League 42, named after Robinson uh, Robinson's uniform number with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Two questions regarding that story are they going to replace that statue with a new one yeah they had talked about it yes the artist is dead he died but they're raising money and the fella who is in charge of the first statue says he wants to put up another tribute of some sort okay second question what about the columbus statue on the capitol grounds in st paul are we going to find that and put put that one back up maybe that's in storage yeah it's Uh in a box somewhere at the capitol being being stored 
I have deep uh, concerns about the sport of baseball. I might as well wait for Patrick, and then I'll get to it. I have deep fears for baseball. Oh, good, because I wasn't bummed out enough today. <laughs> How many people watch the Super Bowl? 120 million? 120, yeah, 125, yeah. something like that. How many people watched the last World Series? Not many. Six million? Six million. 6.3, I think they there's, have. There's, uh, there's many tea leaves to be read there. All right. I look forward to that conversation. Gotcha. Yeah. A follow-up to a story you talked about last week, Joe. Financial turmoil continues to unfold in the southern suburb of Chicago, Dalton, after a bank said the village there failed to make a payment worth tens of thousands of dollars, which might result in police cruisers and other public works vehicles being repossessed. Mm-hmm. According to a letter dated February 14th, representatives from Kansas State Bank are threatening to take possession of more than a dozen village vehicles, including six police cruisers, after the village didn't make a payment of $76,000 on the vehicle's loan about nine months ago. Several trustees who spoke to WGN Television and Bert Odelson, legislative counsel for the Village Board of Trustees, said the payment was, uh, was authorized by the board in May of 2023, and they were not aware it hadn't been made. Odelson said she can blame whoever she wants, but the board did their job. That she in question is self-proclaimed Dalton Super Mayor Tiffany Henyard. Did she take the money, John? Well... She uh, took some trips right around that time, including a trip to Las Vegas that cost more than twelve grand. Mm-hmm. Fell, fell in the same month the loan payment on the village vehicles was due. She, of course, isn't saying anything. Why are the people putting up with her? Get rid of her. Uh, WGN reached out to the mayor for a comment. Uh, they heard nothing back. Now, the rock star sold his catalog. Rod Stewart sold his catalog for $100 million to Irving Azoff's iconic artist group. Uh, Stewart, 79, he boasts a catalog that includes 10 wait, number wait, one wait. albums. I don't know wait, what that's wait, for. What, yeah, what? Iconic. Oh, iconic. Yeah. Well, no, that's the name of the group with capital I. I don't care. So, I don't care. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we got rules here, yeah, I got John. rules. I got rules. It's it's the name of the Jordan group. Jordan Spieth signed the wrong scorecard. It's a rule. You're out. Let's go. Iconic. I, big I. Iconic he said it again. Iconic, 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 iconic. Oh, the iconic. button just malfunctioned. <laughs> 79-year-old Stewart boasts a catalog that includes 10 number one albums. He's charted six consecutive decades with studio albums that sold more than one million each. The rights he sold span his solo career as well as his time as a member of Faces and the Jeff Beck Group. Stewart, who was on vocal rest last week in preparation for four concerts in five days, said in an email that he and Irving are a couple of old-timers and we have a mutual respect and admiration for each other. My life's work is in safe hands with him. Uh, Azoff, if you're not familiar with him uh, and his group, he's also the manager of many bands, including the Eagles, Steely Dan, and many, many more. He also has a roster on the iconic group that includes the Beach Boys, Cher, Joe Cocker, Nat King Cole, (laughs) David Crosby, Dean Martin, Linda Ronstadt, Graham Nash, Stephen Stills, and many, many more. Wake up, Maggie. I think I've got something to say yes. to you. John, thank you. Sure. Uh, take it away, Slick. <laughs> take it away. That's how we do it. <laughs> this is how we Who's doing something? Joe Sushri is. Oh, shoot. 
The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. How many, uh, real quick, Rook, look up the population of San Francisco. I bet you it's damn near a million people. You know, it's a big city. It used to be a hell of a city. Got some problems, I think, Joe. She's pretty run down right now. The population as of July 1st, uh, 873,000. I'm going to call it uh, 900,000 people. Okay. And they uh, they just... Oh, yeah, because those are the people that are there legally. They just named a new member of the San Francisco Elections Commission. That's a seven-member civilian body that oversees and creates policy for the city's Department of Elections. And in keeping with the reckoning and in keeping with everything else we've been discussing, the newest member of the Elections Commission is an immigrant rights activist named Kelly Wong, who is not a citizen. Hmm. No? Not a citizen. What? You had 873,000 citizens to choose from. You picked a non-citizen. Where? Where is her citizenship held? Where? Where is she? Well, Wong. She's probably. Uh, Would you like to hear from Miss Wong? Sure. 咁就其實喺誒兩年前我嚟到三藩市嘅時候咧，咁我就認識咗好多原來三藩市有好多嘅誒、呃、權利嘅喎，好多權利係好多三誒嗰個非公民啊、移民咧都可以享有嘅，包括咧就算你唔係公民咧都可以咧去做委員去誒、呃、影響政策嘅。好多時其實我哋華裔啦，或者亞亞裔嘅聲音咧都比較薄弱，咁咧特別係識講誒中文或者其他語言嘅人咧更加少咧，有、okay, okay. 代表性嘅喺個議會上面。I believe she is from China. Huh. Wong's, appoint- Wong's appointment is the result of a 2020 voter-approved measure that removed the citizenship requirement to serve on <laughs> that pesky old thing <laughs> to serve on San Francisco boards, commissions, and advisory bodies. Each of the commission's seven members is appointed by a different city official. Such as the mayor, city attorney, or district attorney, the board of supervisors voted unanimously to appoint Wong. I submit to you that we're we're giving the country away. We're, we're putting it in the hands of people who have no vested interest in the country as it is. They have an extraordinary interest in the country they would wish to develop, and it ain't the country you live in. Well, then, uh, how long? Oh. I don't even want to open that can of worms so late in the show. Wong wants to increase engagement among the city's immigrant and non-English speaking communities. Let's call it for what it is. She's going to help guide this. So if you want to cast a vote, yeah, you don't need to be. What's great, though, Joe, is they're not they're not letting up. They're not they're not relenting. They are throttling in. Mm -hmm. They're augering in and they're heavy on the throttle. Mm hmm. And they and 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 uh, uh, she, w- with the likes of her on board, it's not hy- hyperbole to say that uh, there's not a GLer that could ever win an election in San Francisco. Oh God! <laughs> why? Right. Why? Why would you try? Non-citizens can vote, I guess. Uh, in 2016, after multiple attempts in previous years. Voters approved Proposition N, which allowed San Francisco non-citizens to vote in school board elections if they had a child who went to school in the district. Hmm. 
Why the hell not, huh? Just Come give it on. away. Let's give it away. I'm yeah. really away, looking. Give it away, give it away now. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the governor of that state becoming our next president. That would be so sad. It would just be so sad. But how are you? Phony. What other conclusion are you supposed to draw? I'm not. It's so blatantly I'm obvious what's going on. Draw. And I've been monitoring, and I don't know if you have any different information. Yet. I still haven't seen anything relating to the shooter being named. We're 90 minutes into the show. Well, let me tell you something. What are you going to tell me, Joe? The uh, This day in history brought to us by the Traveling Lyman's is so popular that Renewal by Anderson climbed on board to support it because they believe it's a great cause to inform people about the history of this I state. Think, I agree. And Renewal by Anderson is a great cause. If you need windows or doors replaced in your home, they've been around a long time. If it's windows you need, they now have the Renewal's Acclaim replacement windows. They're well-engineered. They're custom fit to build. To, they're custom built to fit perfectly. Only acclaim windows are precision manufactured to within one sixteenth of your opening. You know what that is? Weather tight. Weather tight. The old north wind is going to blow through your house. And it's not just windows; it's patio doors and entry doors. Renewal by Anderson has the best products and the best service. And as I say, they've been around a long time. Learn more at RenewalByAnderson.com backslash Garage Logic or call Renewal by Anderson, 651 705 6931. It's Renewal by Anderson that brings you this only because they come to you all the way from where are we? We're still in Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. The Traveling Lymans. It was on this day. Uh, February 19th. In 1840, Andrew R. McGill was born in Seegerstown, Pennsylvania. He served as the tent of the state's 10th governor from 1887 to 1889 and later as state senator and St. Paul's postmaster. Huh. He died uh, on Halloween in 1905 whoa, 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 in St. Paul. I thought you were St. Paul's postmaster. No, my, my people were the first, I think, out in the, out in the western gotcha. part of the state. Ah. Yeah. On this day. 219. In 1851, an act signed by Congress set aside 48,080 acres to support a state university, and the University of Minnesota was first incorporated six days later on that. Six days later? On native land, you know. Yeah. On this day. Ah, uh, February 19th. In 1902, the pink and white lady slipper was named the state flower by the legislature following the discovery that the previously chosen variety of lady slipper was not native to Minnesota. Aha, uh -huh, a glitch. This wild orchid has a brilliantly colored bloom and thrives in damp woods, swamps, and bogs. It was protected by a state law passed in 1925 that forbids picking the pink and white lady slipper, which is also known Oopsie. as... <laughs> what happened? Oh, you're out of them, yeah. Cypridium reginae oh. is the uh, pink lady slipper. Cypripedium Cypri reginae. Ophthalmologist. Yes. So you have to reroute your your trail through the woods around the one lone lady slipper? Yeah, you can't pick it. 
What about just run it over with the tractor? That'll happen. That'll <laughs> yeah, happen. You know, sometimes. Hopefully it grows back, GLers. Yeah, Thank not you. Not so far. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's go to the promo book, shall we? Do what, what page are we doing? We're going to do number two today, and number two reminds us about a town council membership, because there you can get full video and full show audio, including before, during, and after the show with the entire Garage Logic crew. Those are just a few of the great perks of a town council membership. You'll even get your own official member card. And a certificate from the mayor himself, along with invites to exclusive events. You can learn more about the town council and become a member at garagelogic.com. It does make a wonderful gift for the GLer in your life.